politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Adam's up Welcome to Potoms Up. Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Hola! Potoms Up. Episode 82 in your face. How are you guys doing tonight? Nobs? <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Had a, a nice long Thanksgiving break and back at it. Batteries are all recharged and no COVID yeah. to speak of. <laughs> Batteries are about 50%. They're just eternally drained. Uh, COVID, I don't know. I'll find out in a few days. I took yet another COVID test. So, Yeah, your, your county is like getting bashed up there, right? Eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's... It's scary up this way. <laughs> uh, I think I've probably said before, I have a, a mandatory test every other week. Well, so. that's good. And Blatto, yeah. are you with us? I'm right here. And how are Later you tonight? And you, how are you? Uh, I'm terrific. I also had a, uh, a very pleasant uh, Thanksgiving weekend. You know, we did what we could to comply. In fact, uh, even told my daughter, nope, you can't come over. <laughs> you know, she just want money anyway, so. Um, or, you know, for me so to how, pick something out of her car. It's usually the two reasons. Or house an alligator or something. Tarantula. Tarantula. Oh, there you go. She has five of them. Oh, boy. I suppose maybe there's a culture topic there someday, right? There's, Never on the show. There, there's cat ladies and then there's tarantula girls. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's really a, such a thing. It might be. Well, because I didn't have a problem finding her a wide array of T-shirts that talked about being a tarantula girl uh, for, for Christmas. Yep. What if she listens? Um, no um, chance, eh? Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Although, <laughs> you know, we we are supposed to have her roommate on sometimes soon. Yeah, <clears throat> you've threatened. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, she's she's game. Yeah, she's game. Um, but yeah, she was, um, uh, she was planning on coming over. She'd been tested negative about two weeks ago, uh, but then. On Wednesday, she found out that another uh, person where she works, works closely with, uh, tested positive. That test came back on Wednesday. Yay. So we said, well, stay away. Stay away, yeah. And she didn't mind. I mean, she's not the self-loathing type that, you know, if she stayed home for Thanksgiving, it would be the end of the world to her. That's not who she is. And she might have gone to her mom's and, you know, done some, you know... (laughs) Damage over, over there, right over there, right? I, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know if she did or didn't. Well, I mean, she's we're, we're going to do it remote either way, so 
she could be bleeding out of her eyes and we could still do it without endangering ourselves. Oh yeah, no, no. I was talking about what we were. I thought we were talking about whether or not she would hear what I got her for Christmas. That's the way I took it. Yeah. Um. Never mind. I was talking about your guest. Well, that too. But never mind. All right. Not whatever. Going on, don't we? I guess. <laughs> and you? Right. What about you? So you had a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was quiet. I mean. We uh, tried to also comply with the wishes of the people, and um, it was small. We had to cancel our family doings. We normally do two different ones on Thanksgiving, so that kind of sucked. But uh, eh, we're all COVID-free as far as we know, and so was the rest of the family. So we didn't cross-pollinate that stuff. Well, you don't and, really like people anyway, and I imagine that includes most of your family. True. So you must have been happy that there wasn't any Thanksgiving celebrations. That's right. More turkey for me. So. Well, I will say, in that regard, we had turkey, but it was from Slow's Barbecue. Yeah, I saw that. Oh. Nice, nice move. And it was sweet. You know, the whole catered dinner thing barbecued pulled pork beans. Uh, there were a few things that were a little disappointing. The stuffing I didn't think was very good, and the green beans were just green beans. How'd you get turned on to them anyways? I'd never have thought to go there. Uh, Pop-Tart just did some Googling about, you know, uh, who's doing Thanksgiving dinner takeouts. Mm. And, uh, you know, we knew we weren't going to cook, and um, you know, and they had, uh, they did sl- sliced turkey breast, uh, really nice and juicy, like, like half inch thick, um, slices. And then you get the turkey drums and then it comes with in the theme, right. Of slow's barbecue, a barbecue cranberry sauce, Ooh, which is outstanding. That sounds very interesting. Cause I'm not much on gravy. I could really take it or leave it but you know you, you kind of do want something with your turkey and the the, the the barbecue cranberry was perfecto man i just ate dinner but i'm hungry again after that description yeah. that sounded pretty good i haven't been to slows in a long time a couple years for me too <clears throat> it's too much of a pain in the ass to go down there two hour waits all the time well, you know, they have a to-go place. Oh, yeah? Where's that? On Cass. Really? Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people go to the restaurant by accident. I mean, you know, they, they gave very specific instructions on the address to go to, what time we had a window to go to pick up our thing. When I got there, I thought that maybe this was two days before, I believe, or maybe it was one day before. I forget. But... We didn't have dinner plans that night. And since we weren't really doing barbecue for Thanksgiving, I thought, well, maybe we'll grab some barbecue for tonight's dinner, you know, some pulled pork, some ribs or something like that. They wouldn't even take my order. Hmm. So it was just, you know, they had the process down that this was, you know, the Thanksgiving pickup to go orders that are 
timed and called in advance and all of that. Yeah, they wouldn't even take my my order right there at the at the place. Even if yeah, I would, you really you really can't blame them. Right. No, they did the right thing. Yeah. Following process. Something that we have to learn. <laughs> I have to learn. <laughs> oh, that learning thing, right? Right. What right. episode are we on there, Fred? 82, So my first little tidbit, it actually kind of, I think it bounces us back to 80 or 81. Do you recall in 80 or 81, we had talked about Ozzy biting the head off of, of, of a dove? Yep. Remember we were talking about that and we thought it was a bat, blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out, the bat came along in 1982. For some strange reason, someone in the crowd at one of their concerts threw it up on stage. And so Ozzy bit its head off. <laughs> so the dove and the bat are two different instances of it. I, I thought there was just the one. But according to this, there were two. And the bat was in uh, 1982. <clears throat> Do you think he'd bite the head off an octopus if someone threw one up, you know, from the Detroit crowd? <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's a horrible thought. <laughs> I, I bet not. <laughs> okay. And uh, what else happened that year? We got a couple of deaths. Speaking of Ozzy Osbourne, uh, we lost Randy Rhodes that year in March. If, do you recall that story? Of how he died? Yeah. No. With Randy Rhodes was the guitar player for, was it for Ozzy or was it for Black Sabbath? I think that was just for Ozzy, wasn't it, at that time? I don't think Black Sabbath was together. But anyways, Randy Rhodes was a... Uh, pretty extraordinary guitar player if you like that kind of music and he was in a plane a small plane and Ozzy and the rest of the boys were in the tour bus and they were sort of playing chicken between the plane and the tour bus like rock stars do and uh <clears throat> they clipped a house or something like that they they got too low and couldn't pull out so th that's how poor Randy met his demise and then the other death I came across was uh, not music-related. Well, I guess sort of. If you call Blues Brothers music, John Belushi was found dead on March 5th of an overdose. So uh, those were our two infamous deaths. And then the other little tidbit of information I saw was in 1982 in October, the first compact discs started uh, being sold in stores over in Japan, which started oh, that's that. Cool. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. I, re I remember when I was in the Air Force in the early 80s, uh, I lived in a dormitory and we shared the dormitory with a, a different um, squadron. And th those guys flew like 200 out of 365 days a year. They did a lot of uh, flights to Japan and stuff like that. 
And they started bringing back CDs before anybody had even heard of them. So, we, you know, it was pretty cool to see them way before they ever arrived in the U.S. So that's my little connection to the CD story. So that, that, that was about all the interesting things from 82 that I can think of. I'm sure you have a Dylan story. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, he was equally as great then as he is today. I had um, that written down. <laughs> he was somewhere in the middle of the never-ending tour that started in 1966, I guess. Still goes on today. I wonder what my first CD was that I ever purchased or owned. If I, I know what mine was. Look at the way I set you up. You owe me. Because <laughs> I have no idea what mine was. Maybe, maybe, maybe if, if, if I went through my CDs and then I'm like, oh, that was the one. So what was yours? Well, the first one I heard. Oh, mine was Bob Dylan. That's what it was, of course. Yes, of course. The first one I heard when I, the first CD I ever heard was a 38 special uh the one with hold on loosely and all that i don't recall the name of the album but the first one i owned was hall and oats greatest hits (laughs) and i'm admitting it (laughs) there wasn't much in the way of choice brother let me tell you (laughs) because not everybody you know right Jumped in with both feet. They, they were having a hard time, you know, separating themselves from cassette tapes. Um, yeah, I, that's why I think I didn't invest, you know, because just like with most of my predictions, I was way wrong. And I like, ah, this is never going to take off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to my eight tracks. I'm... You know what I remember? The, the guys that were flying over to the, um, the east to, to get this stuff. I remember them. When they first brought them back, this was like the big thing about CDs that they weren't like vinyl where, you know, they get scratched easy and deteriorate and all that. And, and they would all say, you know, you can smear peanut butter on the, the side of this disc, wipe it off, and it'll still play just like it was brand new. And they were right. But that for some reason, peanut butter was like the big proving substance <laughs> I don't know why, but I heard it from more than one person, the peanut butter story. It was true, I guess, but you'd you never get it? peanut butter off an album. <laughs> I don't think. Did you try it, Fred? No, I believed them. Oh, so you don't know it's true. Well, think about it. it sounds like fake news. Hmm. Sounds like real news. It came from the military guys. See, now that I've told you these stories, I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> I'm thirsty. Well, yeah, say, so let me have a beer first. My last beer. <laughs> All right. So this week, it was uh, Nob's turn. So what, what's the first offering, my friend? Uh, this is Atwater Brewery, uh, Pogolicious IPA. Uh, I didn't really know what that meant, but I was intrigued by the the can. I have so, figured it out. Okay, please, by all means. It's right on the can. Read it. The bottom part there? No, this it's on the side. 
the side? There's probably there's maybe small, on the, there's, there's well, it's on the bottom. Down here. On the bottom. Okay. I'm sorry with the bottom for first. Uh, let the fruitful taste of the islands shine all the way down to your flip-flops. This passion fruit, orange, and guava IPA will have you saying aloha. Passion fruit, orange, guava. Oh, all right. Well done. Nice. Next. Yeah. All right. 6.5%. Nice. Uh, 44 IBUs. I think it's uh, right there in the threshold of both of those. That sounds perfect. So I've been intrigued. Pairs with big. the backyard luau and grass skirts. Yes, I like that. I'm I have thrilled. one on tonight. Isn't that weird? Uh, not really for you. Yeah, it's pretty typical, to be honest. I mean, you've been working from home for the past, what, <laughs> five, six months or so? Like, I just assumed you went to grass skirts by now. Five, six months? We're, we're creeping up on a year. That you've been working from home? I've been working from home since March. So, oh my gosh. Holy crap. <laughs> I don't ever want to go back. If any of my bosses are listening, I don't ever want to go back. Wow, it really has been that long, hasn't it? Yeah. Ooh, fruity. Uh, quite a bit of sediment in my. Are we supposed to roll these? Well, I didn't read that, but uh, it is hazy and uh, lots of floaties. Hmm. Pulp. At least mine. It's probably all the pulp from all those different fruits. Oh, yeah. I think there's sea monkeys oh, wow. in mine. <laughs> oh, that's that's a lot of floaties. There's floaties sure. in the uh, in the head. Yeah, there's floaties on the floaties even. Hey, that's different. I'm not sure I like that. Uh, I, I mean, from an appeal standpoint, I don't. Mm, that smell, though. It, it does have a nice aroma. It Very smells nice. like fruit. It, well, I, a passion fruit. And well, I, 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 I don't even know what passion fruit smells like, but I do detect the orange. Now you do. Well, I, I still wouldn't say that I do because it's mixed with orange and guava. And I don't know what guava smells like either. I'm not getting any orange. <clears throat> really? That's all I get. Because like I said, I don't I don't know the other ones, you know. I mean, I have, I, I've had some passion fruit vodkas, maybe. Yeah, I'm getting more passion fruit than orange, but I, I detect the orange. Uh, so what do you think of it, Nobs? Um, hang on one second. Let me do another taste test here. I like it up front. It's a little bit of a bitter aftertaste that I'm not a fan of. I wish it ended just clean. Well, it is an IPA, right? <clears throat> I love the smell. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's got a great aroma. Bring it up to your face and just get a whiff of that. That's fantastic. As soon as I opened the can, I I, I caught it. But there's something with the aftertaste I'm not a huge fan of. What do you guys think? I like it so far. Yeah, me too. I, I, I really do. I, I uh, the fruitiness is not overpowering. Um, it's I, I mean, 
the particles, I think, give it um, that extra body, you know, that, that, that extra weight to it. It's got really good mouthfeel. I mean, other than the fact that I'll have to floss afterwards. Um, but I don't, I don't find it as, as bitter as maybe what you are not. Hmm. Maybe it's just the, the guava. I don't know. There's, there's, there's a taste in here. I'm not a big fan of guava or guano. I often get those confused. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'm a couple sips in and, um, you know, I, I, I would think I'll, I'll drink this one dry, but. Always check back. Yeah, Fred. For me, um, I, I really enjoyed the bouquet of it. It's got a very nice aroma. Uh, I agree on the mouthfeel part. And um, I, I'm i going to go with Blotto. I'm not picking up any bitterness knob, so sorry. Um, I think it's a pleasant drink. And, and if you asked me what kind of beer this was without knowing, I would not say IPA. It, it doesn't strike me as an IPA at all. But uh, yeah, I so probably far, would so guess good. IPA through process of elimination. Yeah, maybe. You well, know, I, I, I still don't know. No, I'm not sure I agree with you, but carry on. Oh, all right. No, no. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I actually that was the complete thought. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get that many short thoughts out of you. <laughs> no, you get you you get a lot of. We get a soliloquy normally, right? But that doesn't mean that the thought isn't short. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just that the explanation is long. <laughs> I, I think most of my uh, uh, nuggets of wisdom are fairly bite-sized. <laughs> you know, one thing I will say about this beer is in the past we've uh, described beers as uh, situational. This kind of tasted to me like a situational beer in that I definitely picture this as a summer beer at a barbecue or something like to be drinking it in, in early December, it almost seems counterintuitive. Do we know when it was brewed? That's a good question. Did uh, did Atwater put that anywhere? There's a date on the bottom of my can. Three, three. Oh, that's expiration. Must be three, three, 21. One of the places that I asked about, I, it was either this one or the next one, but they said, oh, that's a seasonal. Uh, mine says 10, 12, 20 on the bottom. Expiration? I thought we just discussed. Uh, we're born on. Those were uh, brew dates. Yeah. Well, I, well mine says 2021, 20, so. That's <laughs> not a born on date, yeah. Okay. Yes, maybe uh, that's the Best Buy date or something. Okay, so mine might be a little bit older than your guys's. Well, as of right now, I think it's going to go in the Mac category. I'm not completely sold on it. All right. 
Um, hey, uh, Fred, you didn't ask me uh, what musicians were born in 82. There's a good reason for that. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll hit a couple of the highlights here. Okay. How about how about Lil Wayne? Which is crazy to think about Lil Wayne being 38. Lil Wayne. Rapper, right? Lil Wayne. Not Lil. Lil. Lil, Lil Wayne. Like Lil Mark Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 that's what? Oh, oh, and Adam Lambert. Oh, remember him? American Idol. And now he sings for Queen. Queen. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised Nobs didn't jump in on that. Yeah, it's you guys got there. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so on on to the business at hand. Uh, now you were telling us uh, before we started uh, today about some speech that dumbass has just put out that you must have picked up somehow. Where because uh, I, I I don't know what you're talking about, but I want to know more about it. Well, yeah, as I was waiting for you guys, I was doing a bit of pre-gaming, and I fired up the old YouTube here, and there's, you know, streaming now, you know, Donald Trump making his most important speech ever. Like, oh, okay, well, I have time to waste and brain cells to kill. Click. Uh, and yeah, it was, he made a speech that was obviously pre-recorded. Because there was some a lot of editing work done to this video. It was the concession speech, right? <laughs> and, and, oh, no. and, and he went on to say how, you know, there's no proven voter fraud. And he was wrong all along. That was the exact opposite of that, Blotto. Are you surprised? Yeah. Uh, no, he just goes in for about 45 minutes talking about how there is all this proven fraud in Michigan and Georgia and Pennsylvania and goes on and on. Uh, he's claiming this is proof, but they're all just allegations. There is no proof any of this is happening. They're empty allegations. All, I mean, to even call all, allegations give them too much credibility. And we all know that there's been numerous lawsuits based on these allegations that have already been thrown out. So they've already been disproven. So I don't know what the whole point about this was. But yeah, he continues to go on and talk about how if he was to lose fairly, he'd be fine with that. But he doesn't want to lose during a fraudulent election. You know, there, there's a part of me that says, you know, he's really this delusional, right? And we, we believe that, right? But pumping this speech out in the manner that he did because probably nobody wanted to give him time on TV to do it and just spew a bunch of lies. Um, it, it's also part of his plan to collect money from, you know, the millions, the 73 million suckers out there that are continuing to funnel money into uh, 
I, I don't even know what what. I think it was you know, stop the steal, isn't that? Yeah, their, some, their I mean, slogan. But whatever it is, it's 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 one that he has control of. Oh yeah, right. And he only has to give like a small percentage of that money to whatever he's putting it towards, and then the rest of it kind of goes slushy. It's not even. It's not even like where it's campaign funds that have to be used towards campaigning, and uh, I, I, I think there's, and maybe he looks at it as both, right? Maybe he's like, hey, you know, I really do believe that it was, that it was, you know, stolen from me, but at the same time, I get to go ask for some more money, and people give it to me, and so I just of, keep doing. It. I, I don't as know. of last night, I believe it was up to around 170 million that. The mouth breathers have given to him to help him in his court battles and and, and what do you think he's pocket? Yeah, what, what is he paying these lawyers? I mean, uh, Sp- supposedly Rudy gets twenty thousand a day. Um, but one hundred and seventy million will pay for that. If you remember, it was a couple episodes back when we were talking about <clears throat> the same subject. Like the amount that the donors would give, they they would have to give like individually like $8,000 before the money actually starts going towards his court cases and his defense. And prior to anything less than that was going to the RNC and the um, super PAC that he has set up which I believe that's the part of it that he can use kind of as a petty cash. <laughs> so he he basically could draw a paycheck out of that if he wants, as far as I know. Yeah, I, I just, you know, we've talked so much about the Trump supporter uh, over the last you know couple of years that we've been doing this now. Um, and I've always felt that there's, you know, you know, there's lots of different characteristics within the Trump supporter, but there, there to me, there's always been kind of at least two, um, two large buckets. And that is the people that believe all the shit that he says, right? They're, 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 they're really just ignorant folks and they're looking for uh, what they consider to be leadership um, and people that, you know, don't care about nuance and only uh, do black and white. And this is what you must think. Right. So they don't have to. And, but I've always felt like that was maybe more the minority, not the five percent minority, but, you know, something closer to 50 50. The other folks, they don't believe the crap that he says. But they like him anyway. Right. They really deep down know that he's a liar and a crook. But, you know, he's, you know, going to keep illegal aliens out of the country or, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, going to build the wall or, you know, whatever, whatever it is they, they, they like about him. I, it's hard to imagine anymore. And, but when you see people putting their money where their mouth is on this, that's the part that confounds me. Like they, if you're going to donate to his cause, you really believe you're willing to put it out there that this voter fraud thing has got something to it. Well, maybe it's to the point where it it doesn't 
matter which half of the the mouth breathers you're talking about, as a whole, it's a cult. So as a cult, when the cult leader asks for donations, they keep them coming. I, I guess, and I and, and I guess what I'm saying is, yes, there, there there's there's the cult like, but yes, there really is the cult, right? That's willing to completely believe what he's saying and not just go along with it because they feel like they're getting something out of it. They're getting the, their vision of America out of it. Um, uh, or they're just hateful of everybody else. Right. I mean, um, you know, but I, it, it, it's alarming to me how many people, whatever number it is, have decided to give him $170 million. And, you know, in particular, there's this case, I think he's in Texas, maybe, of this guy that gave $2.5 million himself. Now, he didn't even give it to that same Stop the Steal. He gave it to a, an organization. Um, I think it's Sidney Powell's organization. <laughs> so, and, and so it, it, <laughs> So I don't even think it's directly related and it goes to Trump, but it goes to her and her crazy lawsuits that she's filing all over the place. And, and you know, the story goes that he started asking for updates and what's his $2.5 million really being used for? And, you know, what is the progress that they're making to flip the election? And, you know, as he says, he got all these vague responses and, you know, they told him that he has to be patient um, and then at one point in time, they reminded him that, you know, this isn't a guarantee. And then he was like, no, 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 you said it was a guarantee. And then Sidney Powell got the boot. <laughs> yeah, I don't re I, I, I don't know, like the timing, if this was before or after, you know, her departure, which wasn't a departure because she was never really on the team, but she was standing there as a member of the team. But, you know, this guy's a venture capitalist. Like he's supposed to know winners and losers. <laughs> why would you ever get, why would anyone ever give their money to this guy or want his investment in something? Because, he, you know, he, he actually believed this nonsense. And so now he wants his two and a half million bucks back. I hope he doesn't get it back. <laughs> I don't want Sidney Powell to have it either. I wonder what kind of a return policy they have on something like this. <laughs> uh, they, they, they tried to negotiate it out. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, they, they offered him a million. Uh. And, he, and he turned it down. Probably get just to get him to shut up. So he'd quit um, getting attention towards what's going on. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like those uh, uh, when you take those long shots in Vegas, and then if you got a shot at winning – you know, the casino will approach you about buying out. <laughs> oh, For lesser, man. you know, so, they, so, so they, you know, they, they reduce their risk by, you know, half or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. And then, you know, just looking at the cult, you know, the, the, these people that either they're still in the cult or they're surprised now. Like okay, maybe they're not in the cult anymore, and and some of the some of the personalities on Fox News have been like, well, we're we're waiting, you know, we we you said there was voter fraud, so now we're waiting. Please, where is it? <laughs> and, 
And and then I read on like Breitbart where they're like, oh, he's holding back. He's waiting for the right time. It's it, it's coming and it's it's going to blow up the whole Democratic Party forever. Yeah. <laughs> just, just complete, complete ridiculousness. Um, and I, I just, I, I just don't get it like that, that it even escapes me that there's that many people that stupid that you're going to put your reputation or your money on the line for something that is verifiably just nonsensical. And and you know what else is kind of comical about it? If you look at the amount of lawsuits they have brought against the Biden thing in the election. I think they've done like 38 and they've only won one. Yeah. And you would think, I mean, you don't have to be a a rocket scientist to figure out 38 to one is not good odds. (laughs) But the guy who bet on that one, the guy who bet on that one, he's going pretty good. Oh, he's cleaning up, man. (laughs) But, you think about it, the the reason the, they keep throwing these court cases out there is they're trying to perpetuate exactly what we're talking about, to keep it rolling, to, to show that they're, they're out there trying to, you know, prove the case that he got cheated, that there was fraud. But really, they're just trying, trying to sustain the flow of money. That's that's got to be the reason they're doing. I, I think you, I think you're right. And why the judges it, are putting up with it, that I don't know. Well, anyone can file a lawsuit about anything, but at some point in time, the lawyer should get sanctioned or yeah, right. the bar associations in these states have to step up and they have to start bringing these people in and either, you know, putting their their licenses on, uh, you know probation or threatening them with disbarment or whatever, uh, whatever it takes, because, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's bad for the country, let alone just the, ju- ju- the judicial system. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you made me laugh when you were talking about, um, what's her name? Sydney Powell. Powell. I think that's her name. Okay. The other day, uh, I'm sitting here doing my work in my home office and I get a phone call from a mouth breather engineer that I always fight with. And he never calls me, but he calls me and he's literally like breathing heavy and saying, are you watching? Are are, are you watching Fox? No, I'm not watching Fox. (laughs) This is her her bombshell pre-Thanksgiving uh, lawsuit kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's telling me about it. And, and so I I I have Roku down here, so I don't. I have limited channels, right? I don't get Fox. And I told him, I said, I'll look at it. I'll look at it. He goes, It's coming. It's coming. This is it. This is the big thing. And he's like breathless almost. I'm like, What are you talking about? And he goes, He goes, You know, the other networks aren't covering it. And I'm thinking. There's a reason they're probably not covering this. And so for the rest of the day, I I kept bouncing over to uh, Fox News website and all that. Fox wasn't even covering it, you know? And if Fox went, huh? Newsmax or OAN. 
Oh, my God. But it was just hysterical. He calls me out of the blue. And, and he's just carrying on heavy breathing and all this. And, and Sydney's going to do this. And here comes the bombshell. Told you guys it was coming. We told you you had to wait. <laughs> and then all of a sudden she got the boot. I let him know that he, he didn't reply. <laughs> like, like, does does the I told you so phase this group at all? No. Like, do they do, do they just move on? <laughs> I don't know. And I, I used to consider this guy, like, pretty smart, pretty sharp guy, but I'm not so sure anymore. I mean, wow. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I, I don't know if it is a matter of intelligence, right? <laughs> when you get, when you go that far down the rabbit hole of, of supporting this person, like I, I, I just can't imagine. It's just not in my DNA to ever do that, right? I mean, uh, I, you know, I can guarantee you, uh, I can, I can guarantee the audience. That Fred will not believe everything Joe Biden says. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, and, and and neither will I. I. I just, I just don't. I just don't understand how it's continued on this long. I guess that's kind of where I was going. You know what I mean? Where, okay, when he was president, you know, you voted for him. Your ego says this. Uh, or tells you that you have to continue to support them. And again, you might, you know, you might secretly enjoy the cruelty and the racism, but uh, there's got to be some part of you, some, some level of common sense that has a grip to reality. I don't know what number that is. I mean, you know, from people like I mentioned, like Fox, you know, Laura Ingram, kind of finally came around and said uh it's time to concede you're not bringing anything to the table you know now what she didn't say was you were full of crap she just basically said you were unable to prove anything oh they'll they'll never admit to getting whooped well i yeah i I mean I, i was thinking about the governor of georgia who now you know he supported Trump, right? Trump and him mm-hmm. were on stage together. Trump supported him. And they were all buddy-buddy during the governor's race against, you know, versus Stacey Abrams, right? Right, yep. And, uh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And and now he's coming out and saying, wow, I'm I'm really shocked that Trump is attacking me for not doing more to get him elected and 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 uh, commit uh, you know election fraud in my own state, and he feels betrayed now that uh, Trump is speaking ill of him after he supported him. Dude, he's the biggest backstabber ever walked through the streets of Washington. <laughs> so, so which is it? Should he should he not feel betrayed? Right. <laughs> Because it, it was it was bound to happen, or yeah, he was just that dumb. Like he just you know, 
you know, he can't, can't, I mean, what would be the right way to handle that if, he, if you were him? Are you going to play stupid? Well, and say, he, yeah, yeah it, it never occurred to me that this guy would ever turn on me. Wasn't he one of the high profile, like anti-masker governors? Georgia, Georgia was one of yeah. those, right? That they were going to yeah, open they were, up they early. Were very, very late to the game, very yeah, late. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my headquarters is down there, and uh, you know, it was life as usual. Well, up until well, like July. <laughs> Until they got overwhelmed. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You, you know, I, I think um, Fred, when 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 all said and done, and and twenty twenty is really in our rearview mirror. Um, I, I think that the bigger story of the Trump era is not going to be Trump. I think it's going to be the people around him. It's going to be the electorate that supported him, the politicians that enabled him, uh, the uh, the the uh, the largeness of the dark underbelly of America. I think that's going to be much more of a story, or at least that's what ought to be taught in the history books, uh, and 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 not anything that he was able to be uh, infamous for. The only things that I believe he'll be infamous for is stupidity and uh, lack of empathy and lying, lying, being basically an evil person, hateful, uh, racist. But but, but, but would you agree with what I was kind of getting at? And that is the the bigger story over the last four years has been his enablers and his supporters. Uh, because that's why things have gotten so wrong. I was looking at my uh, Facebook memories uh, this morning, and I believe it was three years ago, I made a post that said, now that the GOP has gotten their tax bill, uh, their, their tax reduction, will they now kick Trump to the curb. Well, apparently not. Nope. Now he's still in the middle of the road. I mean, I, I phrase it as a question, but I know what my prediction was. My prediction was they would. That 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 better uh, the the better nature of 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 people that stand up for democracy. You know they had, they would have gotten their biggest thing out of him, right? The the most uh, um, uh, significant policy thing that he he did, right? Like accomplishment, if you want to call it that, right? Uh, you know, I don't want to put like separating children from parents, you know, in that same conversation. But his, but his, but his big, biggest congressional accomplishment over the last four years was that, was that tax reform. And I still look back and I think when I read that, 
that that post, well, why haven't they kicked him to the curb? Like, why didn't they do it then? Why didn't they just shut him down? That's a good question. <laughs> because what did they get out of him since? Nothing but scandals. Nothing but scandals and headaches and things they didn't want to address. Yeah. And mean tweets. <laughs> they got a lot of mean tweets. <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, we're not even done with the scandals. Well, it marches on. And do we think that there's going to be more scandals to surface when he leaves? Oh, gosh. Can, can you imagine, if you think about once the Biden people get a chance to get into all these different agencies and uh, parts of the government, if if everything hasn't been destroyed, that is, yeah, the stuff they're going to find, it's probably, who knows to what degree these people were operating at. Well, you know, or, or 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 not operating at, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 know about the Ukraine thing, right? The one that got him impeached. That's the one we know about. Right, right. Who yeah. knows how much quid pro quo this 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 guy was, you know, pandering all over the world. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, Ivanka getting her uh, trademarks and her licensing. A whole bunch of them from China. Um, China, from China. And, and, uh, and then there was this bombshell that was dropped last night, right? About the pardons? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, uh, well, I'm not as well versed on that. Well, basically, the, the story goes that the DOJ has been uh, investigating a bribery situation for a pardon, presidential pardon. For, for how long? Well, it, it sounds like that this was going on over the summer and that Peter Griffith, a.k.a. William Barr, basically was trying to keep this thing on the down low and keep it hidden, but the judge decided to make it public, at least part of it public. And it, And it looks like what it is is a, a big dollar donor to Trump was bribing him to get a presidential pardon. I mean, they don't go into too much else detail because it's all redacted, but it, it, it's looking kind of messy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and do you think this is coming to, well, it's coming to light because this judge has kind of said, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to keep this buried for you, Bill Barr. But also, do you think it would be coming out if it looked like Trump had won? 
Hmm. I don't know. Is this just going to be part of the ongoing scandals that are going to surface? Because it would be coming out anyway. Right? I mean, there's there, there's probably a paper trail for it. I don't know. Um, but, it, I mean, your sense of this story, there's, there's some redacted documents of it, and I'm not well-versed on it. Is there really something there, or is this going to fade? I don't think it's going to fade. It's like a 30-page document, and I think it's like the first 17 pages are fairly redacted, and then the last 18 or so pages are black. (laughs) No, it truly is, except for the judge's signature. (laughs) Um, There was some speculation amongst the talking heads that the re, you know, the reason that the judge put this out is because of the pardon palooza that that's ramping up from from dumbass himself. You know, he's talking about Rudy. He's talking about pardoning all of his kids. He's talking about pardoning himself, and and some have speculated that this judge kind of took it upon herself to throw this out, to let people know that they're watching closely and aren't afraid to investigate when something's not on the up and up in accordance to these pardons, to, to, to maybe make them think twice about just haphazardly pardoning all these people, Pre- preemptive pardons at that. Is there anything really that can be done like, like if a if a if a pardon is illegal, if that's a that's a thing, can they stop it? The way I understand it is that they can pardon whoever they want, except for if it's to help you hide a crime that is directed directly linked to you. You know, it's pretty simple. Okay, can you bribe for a pardon? I mean, bribery is, 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 is on the highest white collar levels is really difficult to prove. You know, it's it's one of the reasons that that so many politicians don't go to jail. You know, what 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 form was the bribe? You can't bribe for a pardon, but you can lobby for a pardon. Well, because it's the same thing. Well, and maybe it is or it isn't. I mean, was there, you know, a satchel full of money, you know, that was dropped off, you know, at Ivanka's house? Well, they don't mention the name of the person, but they imply that he's a big dollar donor. And he must have they he must have done something pretty bad, I would imagine, because. I think the the donor is actually maybe in jail already. There, there was something. Well, that would about make sense. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I know who it is. Well, I don't know if it's Manafort. No. Nope. Who? Joe Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> the one and only Tiger King is going to get a part of it. Uh, well, he would certainly try the bribe. I, I, I just, you know. I, 
just just like the crazy right wingers, okay, I want to have some real meat to the allegations of criminal activity and not just, oh, this looks like it happened, but then nothing ever happens. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve a little bit on it, Fred. I, I said it. Well, well, think about it in these terms, though. This I, this case must have some balls of steel if Barr hasn't cut the knees out of it and can't stop it. True. Think, think about it in those terms because you, you know that guy it is going to quelch whatever he can, and he's done a lot of it, and this is one that is maybe gotten even beyond his chicanery. Yeah, no, that, that's true. Think about it. You know, I this might be huge, <laughs> or it could be wrong. Might be nothing. <laughs> uh, well, maybe you know, through a tweet, Trump is going to, uh, you know, uh, declassify all of the documents. Yeah, who knows? Rem- remember when he supposedly did that for the Mueller report? <laughs> yeah, and the judge said, "Yeah, okay, bring it." <laughs> And then Barr had to race over there, like, no, 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 we were just kidding. Tweets don't, tweets don't count. <laughs> once, once again, we have to tell you what he was really saying. <laughs> and his tweet was like, "With this tweet, I do the." Solemnly <laughs> <laughs> <I only> swear. <laughs> Speaking uh, of pardons, what what do you think about the pardon palooza? Well, I mean, I mean, with the there ought to be rules around it, but I don't know that there are rules around it that, well, that that really hold up. You shouldn't be able to pardon yourself. I mean, maybe we don't have a rule about it because they never thought it would be the thing. Well, the like, thing about all, of course you shouldn't be able to pardon yourself. Of course, the <laughs> so thing about I, pardoning yourself, and I've heard some of the talking heads on the news stations saying, you know, you pardon yourself. Pardoning of other people is one thing, but you can't pardon yourself because you can't be your own jury and judge because that like constitutionally makes no sense. Okay, so if if Trump issues a pardon to himself, is the rest of the political body going to stand up and say no? No, here's here's what's going to happen. happen. If he pardons himself. This is what I've heard a couple of them say that. He, he can go ahead and pardon himself until it's challenged in court, and then he'll lose. Well, he, he why can does it do- have to be challenged in court? Like, you know, they're, they're just, it should be the, the, the case would be thrown out, and no, you can't pardon yourself, you know. Well, it's never been tested before. And yes, you're and right. If had better who laws, who, it who thought to- about something like this ever happening? I think they said Nixon toyed with the idea of yeah. pardoning himself, but yeah. he talked Jerry Ford into doing it, and blah blah blah. <laughs> um, well, and there was, there, you know, there was there was the compromise basically: resign, you know. Yeah, yeah. Re- yeah. Resign, and we don't prosecute. Same thing. So with that. wasn't Ford's pardon also very wide-reaching for Nixon? You mean? Yeah. Or do you mean the other players? Because many of the other players didn't get pardoned. Now, if I remember correctly, 
when Ford pardoned Nixon, it was for any crimes he committed or may have committed. Oh, I see. Not just the Watergate scandal. Yes, it wasn't just a, he is guilty of this, so he's pardoned for this. It's, he's pardoned for this and anything else that may eventually come out in the future. It was very right. broad. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I, I think. And, and again, should you be able just to write blanket pardons like that? I mean, like, should he and, be able to was, pardon, you know, his his inner circle and his family members when they haven't been accused of a crime? Right. And that's something that was sadly never contested. Well, that, so, it was so now precedent. it could come out now. So what's going to happen? Well, it was precedent with Nixon. Nixon was charged with nothing. Ford, right. it was preemptive. And and that's what uh, dumbass is going to do with his kids and probably Rudy. I mean, isn't uh-huh. isn't part of the pardon process um, that you have to admit guilt? Yes. yes. And they yeah, also yeah, lose their Fifth Amendment rights, too. Like if they get sucked in on mm-hmm. a, a different charge or somebody else that the government that didn't get pardoned is going to try and uh, put in jail. They cannot uh, plead the fifth. So they'll have to tell the truth or perjure themselves. Another pardon, I guess. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's just another one of no, these. No, it's not for future crimes. You, you uh, can't. You right. can't. You shouldn't be able to pardon. Crimes. Like I said, it, to me, it's just another one of these democratic norms that have been so weakened by this president that obviously we have to make better laws around such things. You know, you know, it, uh, it believing like... that people will 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 stay within the bounds of uh, democracy is 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 no longer. Uh, an assumption we should make. No, no, that's all gone. I guess, I guess when the founding fathers laid shit out, they were expecting at least half decent people to occupy these offices and dumbasses blowing that all up. It's all gone. Can you imagine how many, you know what else is all gone? What? Beer. Was I right? Yeah, my my pair's on them. Mine too. Oh, Fred was just on a roll. He derailed me. Yeah. Fred, no, no, no. What the but, hell, Blotto? What? What? I was thirsty. But what is the? What, no, you. I don't want to interrupt you when you were talking founding fathers. I didn't know. I didn't know you were. Didn't know you were going to go there. So I got to show a little respect. Humbled. <laughs> well, no, I, I was just going to say, and and you guys both know it that. When they laid things out, they expected people of office <laughs> to have some ethics, some morals, some decency. And here we have for the last four years the antithesis, the antichrist of politics, and it's just destroyed everything. And and, and the other th- thought I had is that can you imagine if there's any decent politicians left in Washington, all the laws that hopefully will be changed or enhanced because of this one person? Well, maybe that's the silver lining. 
But but I don't you expect think, very much to change at all. Yeah, you think laws are going to get passed based on this past four years? I'm I'm. Uh, there, there, there was a, uh, I think it was a, a Republican congressman talking on TV about it, but it, but it might have been a Democrat, um, and you know that's the way he was talking. That that part of their order of business in, in the upcoming administration is to, uh, you know, rein back some of that power they've ceded to the presidency and doing it by laws. Um, that have, you know, that the past four years have shown glaring uh, errors and loopholes with, yeah. Man, that'd be nice, but... I think a lot of The House can't even get bills to be put on the Senate floor, so... Well, that's McConnell. I know. If McConnell stays in power, then nothing's going to change, so... I'm not expecting a whole lot over the next couple of years. Agree. And you know what, Blotto? You use the word loopholes. This dumbass has not used loopholes. He's just plowed through things. Yeah, I, I don't mean loopholes in the sense Daniels? of, you, you know, uh-huh. like a tax loophole. I mean, just in the sense that people, you can do things without consequence. Oh, yeah. You know, e- even if they're illegal, you just do them without consequence. Uh, so. You know what I always yeah, think of in no terms problem. of that? Subpoenas. Look what he did to subpoenas. Yes, exactly. I mean, that 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 that's like one of the things that always comes to mind when I think of the the norms and traditions, etc., that he's destroyed. Subpoenas. They're they're useless. People wipe their asses with them these days. And with no retribution, you know, no consequence. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yep. it goes back to to one of our earliest podcasts, probably, when I went on my typical rant of congressional congressional hearings are pointless, are worthless, and uh, you know, Trump brought that to a whole new level by not even uh, honoring the subpoenas, deciding not even to go. You know, it used to be they'd go, but then nothing would happen. Now, since nothing's happening, why even go? <laughs> well, if there's a place they need to restore some teeth, it, it's got to be in the subpoenas. You know, and hopefully that'll there'll be some pressure that comes out of there that causes other things to hopefully become more normal. I don't know. Wishful thinking, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. No, I think it's uh, it, it's 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 good wishful thinking. And I'm not an optimist, so. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't. This is what you want. I'm. I'm not certain. I detect optis, optimism about it. You know what the thing about it, though, if if you look at Biden's first term, there is so much that has got so fucked up that there'll be no time to to to, to write laws that will correct some of this mess. They're 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 just going to be spending so much time 
just trying to get things back in some semblance of order that it was pre-dumbass. Who knows what, if anything, they'll actually get done. And especially if they don't get the Senate. I was just, I was right there with you mm-hmm. on that. Just about ready to say that. Um, you know, some Republican senator was just talking the other day about now they have to get back to their roots of physical responsibility. I saw that and I guffawed. <laughs> I actually guffawed. Yeah, you know, you throw up in your mouth a little bit because it's like, I, 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 are you fucking serious? Are you kidding it's so me? so predictable, too. It is. It is predictable. We talked about this episodes ago. Somebody should have walked up to him and just give him a knee nut shot and just dropped him. <laughs> Right there, right on the Senate floor. But they're going to do it. They're absolutely yeah, going to do it. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> Biden will be the villain. <laughs> All this debt is Biden's fault. <laughs> we need a beer. Uh, we need two or three. All right. Speaking of Bob Dylan, Knobs, what's your second beer? I don't understand that segue, but I have uh, from Beards Brewery, which I'm a a big fan of, and I try to buy their beer whenever I see it on the shelves. It's so rare around me. A Copper Star Galactica, which I love that name. Uh, So this is a Fruit India Pale Ale, and I'm going to read the label here because it's kind of awesome as well. An astronomical ale fit for a Space Force Admiral. It's Space it's Force? It straddles multiverses. Fruity but not sweet. Hoppy but not bitter. With the aromas of fruit punch and pomegranate. Made with Michigan copper hops from MI Local Hops in Williamsburg, Michigan in the Orion arm of the Milky Way galaxy. Pairs well with freeze-dried ice cream, tang, and Cylon kebabs. <laughs> That's nice. I like that little write-up. So yeah, this especially is, the pairing. I love the pairing, and especially because it references Battlestar Galactica, which is one of the best sci-fi shows of all time. Uh, so this can, to me, is awesome. It has an old-school Cylon on it, an astronaut, and in the background you see all the different fruits and constellations, and a Viper us fighter on it. So this is very cool to me. Yeah, a lot of thought went into the label. Yes, and this is kind of why I love Beards Brewery, is they seem to be very into a lot of like the nerdy pop culture stuff as well. Uh, we've had a few of their beers on here, including, I believe, D's Nuts. <laughs> so, Yep, D's Nuts, I remember that. Yeah. D's Nuts is, I, I, I don't know if it's their most popular, but it was one of the ways I was able to find one of these. Because, you know, Beards is not the most popular brewery. And so I'd go into the store and I would say, uh, you know, I looked around, but I, I I didn't see the beer I was looking for by Beards. And they're like, what? I'm like, Beards. And, and they're like uh, looking at me like, I don't, you know, I'm speaking some strange language. And I said, you know, the people that make D's nuts. Oh, let me go. Yeah, I know where that is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um. But then invariably they wouldn't have this one. Uh, I was very fortunate to to find this uh, find this beer, and just like the last beer, uh, 
knobs. I, I, I gotta say it's, it's kind of out of season. <laughs> yeah. It, it says it's a seasonal right on the can. So this must've been like pulled out of the back room. Um, I, I found yeah. a single on the warm shelf, like kind of dusty, yeah. you know, at, at $2 and 19 cents each. <laughs> Uh, this was a six pack, but it was the only one they had. So probably two nineteen for the six pack. <laughs> I would no. That's I not what I paid. Yeah. Um, uh, and when I first, I, even though it didn't jive with the label, when you first suggested that we do a Copper Star Galactica, I was I was kind of thinking, okay, it might be an amber or a copper ale. Uh huh. Um, so I don't, I don't. Well, it, they use copper hops. Copper and that's where star the copper hops. comes from. Yeah. So, yeah, they. I think they clearly like got the hops and made the beer around that, then named it after all, everything at the very end. Um, right, because even copper star doesn't really even make a lot of sense. But no, it shows they're fearless. You know, we'll just we'll just do it. I have a little story, as you did, Knobs, about this beer. I, the first market that I went into uh, happens to be a small little specialty niche market. And they have a wine slash beer person sort of working all the time. So if you have any questions or whatever, they're there to help you. And I'm looking around for beards, right? Not finding and not finding it. Finally, she sees me and she comes walking up to me and she says, um, well, can I help you or whatever? And I say, well, I made some crack about needing help more than she you would ever crack. know. Huh? You made some crack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some remark. Is that your side hustle? You showed no. some crack? No, no. Okay, let me finish this story so we can move along. Anyways, she asked if she could help me find something, right? And you guys know what I look like, right? I have a... I was, I was not anymore, while, no. But yeah. <laughs> I have face plumage. <laughs> I can't believe you said that in the time of COVID. <laughs> we don't do Zoom. <laughs> well, you, you know I have a robust beard on my face I, I know the fred from like nine months ago yeah anyways i asked her if she had beard i hope he's sorry he started this <laughs> it would have been a lot shorter if i had less <laughs> probably funnier too but i asked her i said do, do you guys carry beards brewery and she literally looked at me like i was trying to make a pun or something did she look right at your beard? Yeah, she did. She looked no. right at my beard. <laughs> and she gave me this kind of like screwed up face look. And I said, okay, thank you. She, I don't think she'd heard of beards. She, I think she thinks I was making a joke. Yeah. You were, you were trying to show off your beard. Underneath a mask? Yeah. It doesn't work that way. I really look kind of weird when I have a mask on. The beard. I'm, I'm going to go thing. into a party store and ask, uh, "Do you have well endowed brewery?" <laughs> wow. They'll, they'll laugh at you as well. <laughs> <laughs> on to the beard. Do we have any uh, 
any stats on this beer? Uh, yes, it is slightly stronger than the last one at 6.6 instead of 6.5. That's slightly. That is slightly. It is slightly. Um, it doesn't have IBUs listed, but there's a scale on their website from low to high. And this is smack dab in the middle of it. So it's not a very scientific measurement, but... But I, I would have to say that's probably right around fifty, and the other one was forty-four, yes. right? Yeah, I'm I, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's probably around fifty. It is um, copper colored. It better be. That's a, a lovely color. I had a nice thick head on mine, very frothy. Uh, the aroma is not quite as strong, but the bit that I do get smells very good. It's almost a little more flowery smelling compared to the first one yeah agreed and, and not as strong uh better color a little hazy but uh and i don't see any floaties nope no floaties uh i guess i'll start i kind of love it i might be biased because i kind of like beers brewery to begin with but i really like this where are they located again? Petoskey. Petoskey, okay. Have you been to the brewery? I have not. I would love to go, though. Um, hey, real quick. Um, where did we finish on the Atwater? Uh, I think I'm going to stick with a math. I liked it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for me on that one. I think I slid from a for me to a meh. Uh, By the end of it, it was the fruitiness was starting to get to me. So, I did enjoy the front half of it, but the second half, of the glass eh, pushed me meh. So, so this beer, although you know, in description, similar in style, different fruits. Um, for me, early in the tasting, the the fruitiness isn't as powerful. No, right, not at all. Um, and uh, you know, is it lost? You know, it, I mean, fruit punch is sort of an abstract thing, right? And then what is what was the other one? Uh, pomegranate. Pomegranate. Um, uh, so I, I I don't know it. it I'm enjoying it right now. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know that it's uh, um, delivering the punch. Uh, what you want more? Think? You're saying. What do you think? You well, you, you already said you love it. Yeah, I like it a lot. This is going to probably unless something changes in the next half glass. This is a for me. Fred, what do you think? So far, so good. Um, I, I I think I like it a little more compared to the other one, that it's the fruity part is toned down a little bit. I don't think pomegranate is a strong flavor of fruit anyways, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, I, 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 I concur. It ends better, too. 
Uh, it, it ends really clean. Yeah, yeah. I there's love there's that. there's no. It, I, again, is is this an IPA? It's a fruity IPA. You know, so they put a qualifier in there. Um, yeah, this is too, what? Not too bad. I like it so far. Is this less IPA than the last beer? I don't think either one tastes like IPA to me. <laughs> like this one to me seems less IPA than the last one. I think I agree with you, Blanc. Yep, concur. Um, but it's still a drinkable beer. Yeah. It's good. Um, I think one thing we haven't talked about in a while is a brewery um, having like a beer in mind and achieving that. And even though this isn't, doesn't taste like an IP necessarily, the description really does match what the beer actually is. Um, does that make any sense? Well, like it I makes re- sense re- that I think it's important sometimes, but I'm not sure so that I, I think re- this reading, does that. See, that's where I'm, I'm re- going. I'm reading the label, and it says fruity but not sweet. Okay. Hoppy right. but not bitter. Aromas of fruit punch and pomegranate. Aromas. And just based, and just based on that description, fair enough. I have, I have an idea of what I'm going to expect from the can, and I think they delivered on that. And, and to me, when they do that, that also kind of um, – it, it tells me that it's a quality beer and they probably didn't have to come up with the descriptions afterwards. Like this is what we set out to do, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so therefore they achieved what they set out to do and, and, and you have to give it points, you know, just for that, you, you know? They didn't try to claim there's any coconut in here. <laughs> You know, I saw a beer tonight called Death by Coconut. <laughs> oh, I saw that one. <laughs> I don't remember who it was from, but mm-hmm. that's what it was called. Better have coconut. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking it'll probably be one of those that we go, I don't taste the yeah. coconut. <laughs> probably not at all. Okay. Anything more about the beer? Um, no, other than, uh, if you get a chance, please check out Beards Brewery. Uh, like I was saying before, I got a chance to meet a few of the people at a fundraiser for a museum that I was at, and they were very awesome, cool people to talk to. And, uh, yeah, just if you see their beer, kind of check them out. I, I think they're one of my favorite, um, smaller breweries in Michigan. You know, we have Bells and Founders and stuff like that, but... I really like what beers put out. Yeah. Um, you know, this year could have been really the year of the brewery tour. Um, I, I really would have liked to have gone out and been to a number. Yeah. And, you know, may, maybe next year, maybe not. Right. I think we're all due for just a getaway at some point. Maybe we can go to Le Mans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what that's right up. Yeah. Speaking of Bob Dylan, <laughs> he played Le Mans. <laughs> he drove it and he beat Team Porsche. Um, but what you are referring to for our listeners 
knobs is we've recently just all kind of discovered that um, at various times we have seen the movie Ford versus Ferrari. V Ferrari. Uh, it is V Ferrari. And um, being that we are uh, headquartered here uh, in the Motor City, um, you know, when, when we hear you know, names of places like Dearborn mentioned in a movie, we get like all excited. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. How many times does Dearborn ever get mentioned in a movie? <clears throat> yeah, it makes you feel like this movie was shot in your backyard, basically. However, usually, usually it only gets like mentioned in movies that are documentaries about um, the largest Muslim population in the country. Um, uh, true. Uh, although I was a little disappointed, and I mean, I, it, they tried to be historically accurate, I suppose, as, as much as the the movie audience could handle. Um, I think most of it was filmed in California, in the California setting. You know, that that's where Carol Shelby had his shop, uh, was in the L.A. area. Um, uh, but it, it, it was a pretty fascinating story, right? Yeah. So before going into this, were you guys familiar with the whole uh, Ken Miles story? I no. was not. Okay. I knew who Carol Shelby was, but I yeah. didn't know who Ken Miles was. Okay. And I knew who Lee Iacocca was. Oh, yeah, right. for sure, with the Mustang and all that. And In fact, the... The Lee Iacocca aspect of this movie to me was as, probably as intriguing as the Carol Shelby. Because Iacocca was, was such an icon in this town during the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean... And even in the 90s too, right? Maybe the 90s, whatever it was. But there was, there, there was, there was no bigger A-lister yeah. in, in, in Michigan than Lee Iacocca. Uh, you know him and Bob Seger. <laughs> no, I'm serious, right? No, no, I'm laughing because you are 100 percent correct. And, Absolutely, and, yeah. and and so when he gets first introduced in the movie as Lee Iacocca, again, it was like almost hearing like Dearborn. Oh, hey, I, I I can relate to that guy on on some level back in my youth. Yeah, and, and here he is, very City, young. You know that name. You know what's funny though is that most of and I think you're going to agree with me, Blotto, is that most of the Iacocca recognition was not Ford, but with Chrysler. This because, is funny. Yes, Pop-Tart because, couldn't get over this. Because Iacocca was with Ford, and his crown jewel was he came up with the Mustang, or he's given credit for the Mustang. And then, but really, if you think about it for you and I, when Iacocca came into our lives, he was already at Chrysler. Ford yeah. was in the rear view. Right. And I I, I don't think it was a direct jump. I, th- I think he went somewhere else in between. That I'm not sure. Uh, according to what I'm reading here in front of me, because I cheated and pulled up some notes. Uh, no, he went from Ford to Chrysler. Okay. Um, I, I just, like, because I... 
I, I just kind of remember, yeah. you know, hearing about the crossover and I, you know, I, I would have thought I would remember a little bit more, but I, I don't know. You know. He didn't come right. In, did he come right in as CEO? Uh, chairman and CEO, it says. Yeah. Does he get, uh, like, with the Mustang for Ford, does he get any, like, accolades for a particular car? Was it the K car? I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, that, was, that, was, the turn, that was the turnaround car for Chrysler. <laughs> K car. If you think about K cars, you got to think about planes, trains, and automobiles and that green beauty in that movie. Well, but, you know, here was the remarkable thing about what, what he did. He was a marketing guy, right? He wasn't an engineer. And he wasn't a finance guy. He was a marketing guy. And when he came into Chrysler and, and, and turned them around, basically he just came up with this whole concept of we're going to give you a high-quality car at a very low price. And the style is going to be good enough. And you're going to want to buy it because it's going to save Chrysler. And they sold a crap load of them. I mean, they were, like they were everywhere, especially in Michigan. Like, and I think that people bought them for two reasons. One is they trusted Iacocca, and two, they did want Chrysler to succeed because you know it had such huge economic impact, especially in this area um, at, at that time. Uh, automotive industries are so much different nowadays, you know. But I, I think people were buying K cars not just because they were cheap. But because also they felt like they were uh, helping out an American icon, uh, you know, manufacturing company. And don't forget this. Here, here's a big thing: gas, because the '70s were the muscle cars. Yeah, for Chrysler, Plymouth, you know, um, the, the, that whole bunch. And then all of a sudden, you've got these cars that are gas guzzler and all the gas crunch through the 70s and all that. So the K car came in as not only a um, an, an affordable vehicle, but an economical vehicle at the same time. So that was another point about that, that vehicle line that definitely helped them. Because they had to come up with something. Because Chrysler didn't really have... An economy car, no, and um, uh, yeah, I know, I know this is this is supposed to be about Ford v Ferrari, but think back at the commercials where Iacocca was right on the commercial, saying, "You can trust me, and you can trust this car and company." In fact, I would I, if I looked up a commercial, I'm, I'm sure the word trust was in there. I can, I, I can kind of hear it playing in my head. I don't remember that great of detail, but I, I trust you, though. And, uh, and um, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's what, you know, that's what he was good at, right? You know, getting people to relate to him and, and, and selling himself as the company, and people trusted it. Because I remember people at, at the end calling of the day, him was, Uncle Lee. At the end of the day, it was a crappy car. <laughs> it absolutely was. The K car was a disaster. <laughs> not, not from a sales standpoint, only no, from no. a product quality standpoint. It was, if you it was owned one, it was a disaster. <laughs> 
My my sister bought like one of the elegant de elegant K cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was the there was the Aries, and the Reliant. So it was the Chrysler Reliant and the Plymouth Aries. Yeah, but there were that, and then there was three Plymouth. So oh, there was the Dodge. The, there was the Chrysler, the Dodge, and the Plymouth. So yeah. there was three of them. And one of them, one of them also had like a Landau roof, and I think it was the Chrysler that had the. Uh, well, Chrysler uh, was the the top of the line. Yeah, the, the other two the were the logo, ugly stepsisters. The 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 crystal pentastar hood ornament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Pentagon, not a pentastar. Um. Anyway, so that was a fun trip down memory lane. Um, back to the movie. Um, I, I, I was surprised by something in the movie, and, and, and it just really goes to show that I didn't know anything really about the, uh, um, the rivalry and kind of, you know, what set it off and all of that. And I did a little fact checking to find out, you know, kind of like, you know, what was Hollywood eyes and what wasn't, but. Just speaking of the way that the movie was um, promoted, um, I thought from the trailers that uh, Matt Damon and uh, what's his name? Christian Bale. Christian Bale were rivals in this movie. That's what I thought too. See from the trailers, <laughs> I did. I thought they were. I thought they were opposition. I th- I thought maybe you know Christian Bale was playing the driver for Ferrari. Hmm. Right. I mean, English guy, whatever, and kind of looked that part. And it, it was it was kind of like you know turning us on our heads as as you know Pop Tart and I are watching the movie, and uh, she's like, I I. I thought they were rivals. I thought they were on separate teams, you, you know, just because of, uh, you know, the uh, the promotion because of the, the movie. The, the trailer shows a punch between the two of them, right? Uh, you know, I don't, even fight. Or it, yeah. I don't know if it was just that. I think it was also just the, the way that they kind of set it up, you know, and you can portray movies in all different kinds of wacky ways with trailers. Of course, so. yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and at some point in time, I kept thinking, are they going to be rivals? <laughs> uh, but uh, still a pretty fascinating story all in all. Hmm. Um, I was familiar with the story from watching uh, Top Gear and some other car shows. They talked about it before. So to see it portrayed on the big screen was pretty awesome. And Matt Damon and Christian Bale, in my opinion, are fantastic actors. So they did great there. Hard um, to believe that Christian Bale also played Dick Cheney as well as he did, didn't? Isn't it? <laughs> it's crazy. I didn't see that. I didn't see that movie, but I heard he did really, really good. In it. I shut that movie well. off after 15 minutes. I couldn't watch it. I thought we reviewed it on podcast. Vice? No, you saw it at the theater, and you wanted me to see it. And, it is and so just, good. It is so good. And just recently, oh, so good, because man. I'm home so much because of COVID, I I was home one night by myself, and I'm like, I got to find a movie. I started watching it. 
15 minutes in, I couldn't take it anymore. I unplugged. What what is it about it that you can't get into? I don't know. It, it, the the way the movie was filmed or something. I just no. It is it, it is innovative. It is very uh, different. Uh huh. Okay. In its approach, I can't um, take innovative. <laughs> well, at least not that kind of innovative. Um, but uh, yeah, I think. See, I don't know. You know enough about Ken Miles. I kind of looked some things up, but I, I I'm sure Christian Bale kind of nailed it. Um, but I but I I also think that Damon uh, played an excellent Carol Shelby. Uh, he might have chewed up some scenery on, on on a few occasions, but I think Carol Shelby chewed up scenery too. <laughs> like you know, all eyes on him kind of guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the one thing that I, I guess also the movie. Um, uh, maybe somewhat perplexed uh, me about was is they I think they kind of downplayed how successful Carol Shelby was before he joined up with Ford on this you know Lamont's uh, project. I thought they downplayed that a little bit too. You, you know, they they almost made it seem like not not that he was like floundering or whatever because but like he. You know, they almost made him seem needier than he was. Yeah, no, he was widely successful, probably, you know, extremely wealthy already. I mean, I, I think he was, you know, he, he didn't need Ford to come calling on him. And they, they didn't they didn't explicitly say that, but I, I kind of felt like it was kind of implied, you know. Um, uh, you know, he was a known entity and very good at what he did. Well, the Cobras were amazing. And just look at what <laughs> you have to pay for a, a real Cobra today. Yeah. I mean, it it, it still stands up. Um, but I did look up uh, kind of the fact or fiction of the movie. Um, and, uh, you, you know, it, it, it followed pretty closely. I mean, there's some, you know, condensing of the timeline that you always have. Um you know, the, the buzzing of the plane uh, and that whole speech may have never actually taken place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and the uh, making the villain uh, out of. Uh, oh, the marketing dude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember um, his name. Um, but there but there was there there was. um uh, there were problems between Shelby and I forget that guy's name. Uh, but, you know, they almost made it seem like, you know, he, he didn't really want Ford to succeed with this, you know. Uh, you, you know, Fred, you had, you had mentioned going to the theaters when I saw Cheney. I, I do have one regret about uh, Ford v. Ferrari, and that is I did not see it in the theater. I agree. And yeah, you guys are missing out because I did see it in theater. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. My, the the forty six inch with the sound bar. No. Yeah. Yeah. The just the audio for the cars race around the track in the theater, it was worth the price of entry. Um Yeah, and and that was something I mean I I picked up on probably, you know, twenty, maybe thirty minutes into the movie. It was kinda like, oh, you know. This would really be much better in the theater. 
Well, they're not really making movies right now, so it might be coming back next year. You never know. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you, you know what I thought kind of stuck out to me about the movie is that they really didn't put Ford or the, or Ford himself in a very good light. They sure made him look like a bunch of a-holes. And I don't know if that was true to life or not, but they, they really made that entire bunch look kind of shitty. Everyone but Iacocca. But Iacocca pussed. But he, he wouldn't he wouldn't really back him up. He no, but that's that's the corporate stiff world. But but your point about about Henry Ford, um, yeah, I, I you know I, I don't know if 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 he was that big of an a hole, uh, you know, back in the sixties, he might have been, probably was. I don't think they would portray him that way if he wasn't. But he he certainly thought his his shit didn't stink. Um, and they and they they wanted to do that right at the onset, mm-hmm. right? The direction was 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 and the and the screenplay was was kind of like we're going to show him. He comes into the plant and he tells everybody they're fired unless they come to work with better ideas. Um, and, and that was just really, I, I mean, I guess it was, in some ways it was talking about Ford feeling like they were in trouble, but at the same time, it was setting the tone that, um, you know, he, he's this, you know, big entitled jerk. Um, uh, but I'm sure there's those, uh, in the real world that had that opinion. You know, that's kind of where, you, you know, Fred, it would be, it would have been nice to watch that movie with our fathers. Speak for yourself. Well, okay. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you know what? I, I just had a thought. I know, original. But, um, you know, if you think about the big three, Ford really, really, was not a player in the muscle car game. What did they have beside the Mustang? You look at Plymouth, they had Roadrunners, Cudas, Challengers. You look at Chevy, they had the Camaros, the Firebirds. What Ford have? A little pony. I never thought about it that way. Before. Yeah, I, I, I what guess else I was there? Mu- what, what, what else was there? Were there muscle cars? The Monterey. <laughs> the Maverick. Oh yeah, had one of those. I did. My sister had a combat. Actually, I didn't have a Maverick. I had a Maverick. The mystery Maverick. Uh, I guess some some dude hit it with his motorcycle <laughs> I, 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 on our way to Bravelick. Flew right over the hood. Awesome. It was rather spectacular. Yeah. But back to the movie. You know, when I saw... He didn't get hurt, by the way. That's really good. Yeah. But he went about 25 feet in the air. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sounds like my hitting the deer story. Yeah, you know, he just went flying and, and landed in the grass. What color was your Maverick? Blue. Blue. Masking tape blue, I call it. Oh, okay. Or, or painter's tape. Painter's tape blue. That's what it was. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's interesting because you... And that was a crappy car. I mean, it was atrocious. Oh, yeah. Of course it was. I mean, this is when, you, you know, maybe not in 66, but certainly as it got up into the 70s and, you know... The, the American automobile manufacturers just had this reputation of building crappy cars. And that hit home, especially to this area, right? I mean, that was a, that was a, a sore spot um, that the rest of the world or the rest of America was talking about that Detroit wanted to either deny or ignore. And the fact of the matter is they were crappy cars. Without um, question. You, you know, and so then when the imports started coming in, and some of the imports were pretty crappy cars also. But um, but it was really difficult to, uh, um, to fend that off when you weren't making great products. You know, uh, it was part of the movie. It was interesting when they, they, when they went to, to the to the Ferrari factory, and they kind of made, you know, the point about how you know a Ferrari basically is built from the ground up by one person, or one person on a specific part of the car. Um, and yeah, 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 versus the assembly line. Um, That's and, definitely and, a contrast. And and they did it in a way where they weren't really slamming the assembly line but sort of you know de facto right it was implied you know we build our cars one at a time here you know by by people that yeah have that but, but there was a different purpose though oh oh no doubt about it and in the end the assembly line turns out to be a better way to manufacture cars uh you just have to make them with better parts on the assembly, <laughs> you know, but, but in the end, that's the way it's done. I don't know if Ferraris are made by hands, uh, you know, individually anymore. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised. either. And that's why you spend $300,000 on one. <laughs> you got a handmade one-offs kind of thing, you know? Uh, so I, I was, I, I kind of goofed up a little bit because I didn't know the Ken Miles story, uh, as you mentioned uh, there at Knobs. And um, I was doing some of the fact checking of the movie while I was watching it because it wasn't on the big screen. And so I knew about his demise. I learned about his demise while watching the movie before I got to the end. Gotcha. And so that, that, that was kind of on me. It would have been better. Um, had it been kind of a complete surprise, um, you know, don't be your own uh, spoiler. <laughs> um, for yep. anyone who is listening to this from outside the yeah. U.S., <laughs> you will probably know it as Le Mans 66, by the way. 
Because mm. it is a completely different title outside North America. Yes. Yeah. Uh and, and and that got me to reading a little bit about uh, 24 Hour of, of Le Mans. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1955, there was a crash that went into the spectators and killed 80 people. Whoa. Wow. 80 people in one crash in 1955. Oh. Probably was like gas spillage and stuff. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I think I reread that like three or four times. Like not eight, eighty, one crash. Like not all throughout the whole season. Eighty people, one crash. Yeah, they're flying at such high speeds that if they get a little bit of wind underneath of them. They're essentially airplanes at that part. Mm-hmm. So they go flying up, hit a stand of people, and. It's going to hit and keep going. Uh, There was was a big wreck at MIS decades ago that killed quite a few people, too. Michigan International Speedway. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I went to a few races there. Yeah, so have I. I like it. I've never been. Uh, Uh, We should do a Potoms Up road trip to MIS. we, uh, We used to go to something they called the Norton Twin which were, they were open-wheel cars. Uh, I believe they were the Indy cars, um, but they could have been the Formula One, But uh, and there were two races in the same day. Hmm. Where was that at? Was that at MIS or somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, that was at MIS. Mm-hmm. Oh. I know they have an infield for stuff like that. I just haven't seen a race there. All right. Well, did you, did you guys like the movie? Oh yeah, yeah, immensely. I, uh, I, yeah, I think it's probably the second best movie of last year. You know, you, you had talked about the trailer. When I saw the trailer, I was actually a little put off by it for some reason, and that's why I had never seen the movie before. But then. When you had mentioned it the other day, it's like, well, I'm actually kind of car curious. I'll check it out, you know. I'm from Detroit, and I I, I went in with no expectations, but I really liked that movie a lot. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Uh, I, I thought I, it was pretty darn good. Yeah, I, I probably – it probably hit expectations for me. Uh, I was expecting to be – I actually – it was one of those movies – and I, I remember saying this uh, to Pop-Tart. The only reason that I have not seen this already is because I stopped doing air travel. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was one of those movies that was on the airplanes that I was flying, and I just hadn't gotten to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's no question in my mind that I would have seen that movie sometime between, you know, February and now uh, when I was traveling. <laughs> you know sometimes yeah. i would save up i would like okay let's not watch this when i don't have enough time let's make sure i you know i watch it next time when i'm on a three-hour four-hour flight so uh ford v ferrari is a for me across the board with us huh 
Yeah, I believe so. We're going to start getting to movie reviews, and I am all about that. Um, I think we have to, we have to, you know, be careful of which ones we review, right? That they have to, they, they have to relate. You know what? I one last Frank thing. Got a new documentary out. Yeah, I wouldn't mind checking that out. Which one? Frank Zappa. I thought I thought you said. <laughs> I okay. You, you know what? A, Limited I'll, release. I will say about um, this movie is that a lot of times with movies like this, like sports movies, they they're they're just not believable. But I actually bought into most of this movie, which is probably one of the reasons I really liked it. It wasn't over the top the stupidity they normally throw in. Like especially in a, like a especially like a boxing movie, there's always such stupidity in those movies. But I, I, what about the scene where they fight? Was that, that one of that? That was stupidity. That that, that, that never maybe, happened. Yeah, right, never happened. And maybe that that's never the happened. Right. Nope. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'll take <laughs> exception to that scene. Uh, but that didn't ruin the movie. No, it didn't. Just just in general terms, I felt it was pretty believable. And because uh, it was so based on actual events, though. Yeah, but they That's they why it was they, 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 they just still kept it rooted over, in reality. They overdo it a lot of times in mm-hmm. Hollywood. The movie yes. up and, 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 and they I, didn't this time. I don't think so. I mean, there might have been a couple scenes that got a little over the top, but for the most part, I I, I thought it was pretty good. It was, it was grounded in reality, let's say. Yes, that. that's a good way of putting it. So, all right. I uh, I mentioned earlier this was the second best movie of 2019. Uh, oh, that did my, beg the my, question. My, yes, it did. My, yes, I because I have to say it. My favorite movie of 2019 was 1917. Watch that. I, I saw that in the in the theater. Yes, that's you have to see that in the theater. Yeah. Is that the one that it was the actual footage of the war and they re-enhanced it? No, that was a World War One movie where it was. It looked as though it all was all one shot. It, 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 well, we mean all one shot. It was supposed to be a seamless one shot movie, but there was you know fake breaks everywhere. Well, but it was also supposed to be like like point of view. You know well, it follows I mean? one character, you know, but but like from the perspective of the the people involved, from the one person, yes, not just from the one person though. <laughs> He's not going to let that go, Blotto. I know, but there's the scenes from inside the cockpit. What is this? 1917. Never heard of it. What? Cockpit. Never heard of it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, excellent movie. Um, an early turning point in the war. Mm-hmm. Okay, take your word for it. Um, I'll look it up on Netflix. It's not going to be on Netflix. Where should I look? <laughs> I will. I will tell you. Let me. Let me look this up real quick in my app because I don't, I don't think it's on Netflix. It. 
anything, it's going to be HBO or something. Uh, that's where we saw Ford versus uh, Ferrari. V. Because it was a uh, free HBO weekend. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's like Showtime and Showtime Amazon have it. We have Amazon. We don't have Showtime Amazon. Yeah. All right. You're out of luck there, Fred. You have to buy it. Nope. Won't happen. It'll be back in theater. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's wrap up the beer, too, real quick. I like this beer top to bottom. It's for me. Yep. Absolutely. Mine's been gone for a hot minute. I loved it. I've got five more, and I will be digging into them. Well, far be it for me to, you know, go against the crowd here. So it's a clean sweep. Okay. All right. Nice. All right. All right. Team, pleasure as always. Go Ford. I'm still a Ferrari man. Mm. (laughs) All right. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Out. Politics. Some culture and craft beer. Politics. And that is why you are here. Politics. Bottoms up.